I'm Roxy. And I'm Priska. And we are the two horny goats. We're just two horny goats climbing the mountain of life. Eating Asian American stereotypes for breakfast. What did you have for breakfast? Oh shit! Uh, two eggs over easy. What did you have? Um, I made myself some fried rice. Oh my god! But I made it with like um. So you know the um. What is the Chinese sausage called? Um. Yeah. Failed Chinese. Yeah. Xiang tang. Yeah. Xiang tang well, we fan. know the Chinese Xiang name. Tang fan. Yeah. Oh my I god. That with a fatty so like fragrant. sausage with like mm. egg with mm. like soy sauce with like butter. Mm. Ooh. 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 Getting and decadent. There like a couple leaves of spinach in there for a hashtag oh, health. Duh. Duh. Some folic acid. You know. Yes. Looking at your iron intake. Exactly. Just Good looking at the balance is there. Thank you. The balance. <laughs> Priska, I missed you, girl. I missed you too. Go tease. Did you miss us? <laughs> We've been off the air for a little bit <laughs> yes we've been um sort of pinging back and forth during our hiatus so yeah. we're not really doing these episodes as consecutively as we used to so there's been a lot of things that we sort of have to catch up on like yeah. in personal life and also on the pod oh my gosh we literally talked for three hours before hitting record <laughs> so that's like how much verbal like i don't want to say diarrhea but fecal batter comes out just kidding not no, fecal but that's matter seriously true yeah like like literally i think we haven't seen each other in like two weeks two weeks and then it just feels now, like an eternity yeah I just I just basically <laughs> came over to Prisca's this morning and I was just like, okay, got a dish on everything. I mean, yes. I'm sure we're just like touching the tip of the iceberg yes. with what we caught oh, each yeah, other. Yeah, touch my tip. <laughs> but I knew you were on vacation, so I wanted to yes. respect your space and boundaries. Uh, you were in New York. And I know you had huge stuff going on, which we'll probably talk about more in a future episode. Yeah. And it does feel weird to not do the podcast. You yeah. know what I mean? I feel like it's like something that's very essential that's like missing in my routine yes. that I need desperately. Back. And that's why we're back. And we're so excited. And, you know, I think it's just been good, though, that we've taken time for our mental health, Mm because I think both of us were feeling a little burnt out and not even fully realizing it until we took a break. And then we were like, we need a longer break, you know? (laughs) And I also think that... um you know, I was watching this like old person on TikTok talk about the times now. He's Love. like in his seventies and eighties, and he's like, you know, when I was alive, he's like, I've been alive for a long time, Yo. and he's like, I've seen a lot of shit. Yeah, and he goes, but honestly, what's been happening the past few years? Yeah, he's like, it's more than what's so. It's normal. not just in our heads. No, it's not in our heads. Fuck. So he's like, you can't escape it. That's what Man. he said. But um, just be mindful to take care of yourself during this time and take wow. it slow. So I'm like, well, if right. he's saying that. I'm going to do it. We're justified in however burnt out or like mentally ill we are. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we're literally on the precipice of what feels like World War Three. So <laughs> I think like we're not being like hyperbolic when we say like, I need a nap today. And that's what I've been saying every day since everything's broken out in Ukraine. I'm like, I need a nap today. I know. It's and just too much. And read like the doom alarming messages. Yes. Like New York Times. What oh my is God. it? Yesterday was like, is Taiwan next? I was, I like, was like, you better stop. <laughs> Because that's what we're afraid of. We're afraid of, and I don't know, sometimes when it's actually so terrifying, like it's you you don't want to be confronted with it to be honest no absolutely yeah. and so that's why i want to keep manifesting this dream of my friendship commune where i am the cult queen you are the and cult queen i already <laughs> bow down to it i've made t-shirts i've made sweaters i made robes with just cult queen roxy thank you i loved it did you watch turning red uh, no you didn't okay I, oh yeah, I, no, no, turning red yes, turning yes, red yes, yeah yes. okay i love that movie I, I mean you are that god 
Yes. Thank that, you. You're the original. I thank you Sun so Lee, much. What, what is it? Yes. All in red, darling. Oh, yes. Like uh, just the floating robes, darling. So Canadian, you know, <laughs> just red and white, you know, just very Canuck of you. <laughs> thank you. Very yeah. Canuck. Very Canuck. Gotta Super represent Canuck. that, right? Yeah. I don't know if I use that term correctly, but it's, wow, we have so Please much energy. Do- <laughs> Please do not come after us. Well, yes. toning it down a little bit. Okay. This is a very special episode. Oh, is it? Are you nervous? Yeah, I am. I'm very nervous. I think um, someone else is also nervous and it's not you. So that means we have a third. <laughs> well, tell me how you feel before he gets here. Um, So Ro- Roxy's going to be interviewing Abe and I. Mm-hmm. Um, This is the first time we've ever been um, interviewed as a couple. Uh-huh. So that's weird, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, So I'm, I'm nervous about what questions you have for us. Um especially because I did make you and Rochelle cry. So I expect just full retribution, you know? Um, I'm ready. I'm coming yeah. back with a vengeance, bitch. Yeah, Roxy, when she started crying, was like, you bitch! <laughs> I was like, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, but yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to it because I'm excited to take off my host hat and just kind of be Priscilla, not even Prisca. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is a long time coming as well. I think so. Because we talked about having Abe on the show. Like, obviously, we. I am so excited for this because yeah. it's an absolute honor for me to interview the both of you today Yay. regarding your beautiful relationship. Oh. And like, also, you know, two of you being who the fuck you are, yeah. like being such an inspiration to me, like as a single person. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'm, you know what I mean? Um, and, and showing like marriage in the way this culture that you created for yourself for and sure. just being the fucking loving amazing people you are yeah and i know we talk about abe a lot on this show he's literally always in the background he when really we record. is yeah like so much of this he is the spine of our podcast so 100 we're just so glad to have him here today so without Yay! further ado to rum roll please may we present abraham to all the goatees oh my god for having me i know this is a uh wow coveted third chair uh so thank you for having me his voice is so sexy i did not i was not prepared you hear this voice every day i i literally do but i don't i don't think i realize you know what i mean at all times that how sexy it is well let me just begin by asking you both this um how are you both feeling right now before we enter the interview um, I'm pretty nervous. I think in any kind of exposure uh, of self to just even one other person. Right. Uh, and now I consider uh, Priscilla my better half. So, you know, as we, I'm sure things will unpack. I'm sure things will get revealed and exposed. And whether that's good or bad, uh, <laughs> we don't know yet. We don't know yet. Yeah, that's the beauty of an open interview. To it and, yeah. yeah, let's see what happens. Let's see where this conversation takes us. Yeah. Amazing. Before I ask you about yourself, Abe, mm-hmm. Prisca, tell us a little bit about your relationship. How long you've been together? Um, how long you've been married? Just very simple things before yeah. we dive into the deep stuff. Okay, we have been together since, like, dating since 2013, like mm-hmm. May. So Almost 10 years. Yeah, like, coming, like, this will be nine years, um, wow. which is pretty exciting. I was just, like, a newborn baby foal, I feel like. Um, when we met, I just fully fell immediately like 
immediately head over heels, like really intensely. And so, yeah, now we've been married for just over three years. So three years and three months, give or take. So it's kind of nice. It's like you had the marriage and then you like went traveling. Right. And then there was the pandemic. Yes. Like, I think like seeing your experience as a bystander, but also as a friend and getting to know you more, Abe, as well after you know, becoming married to Priscilla. Yeah. It's been a beautiful unfolding. Like both of you have always been very vulnerable in what your challenges are Mm -hmm. as a couple. And honestly, me not being married, sometimes when I feel like my friends get married, there becomes like an iron curtain in front of it. Right. Like suddenly the pro the the conflicts, the issues, um, the normal human conflicts just you're you're like not a part of it right. anymore. It's only me and my partner. Yeah. And we have to, you know, show face. Yeah. But, um I know the two of you, the two of you are so, so, so different. Mm. So yeah. I hope that like whatever you share today, the goatees can learn something. Yeah. Because I know that both of you have so much wisdom when it comes to this. Um Abe. Hello. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, born and raised in uh Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Uh I mean typical story. Uh born in the eighties, so I'm a bit on the older side i guess compared to all <laughs> what, your listeners what, what, what? And, and you guys <laughs> as well um also a pastor's kid i'm a son of a preacher man and a lot of the issues and formation that priscilla went through uh, i can relate to as well um i did end up in at a seminary though uh, i did go further in my quest um i will say the result was not what i expected and so where i you know exist Uh, present day um, was a bit of a surprise but I think with Priscilla guiding me because she she actually uh, I would say was a few steps forward Mm -hmm. uh, ahead of me in that and and guiding me in in my confusion and all that so me and here I am we went around we traveled uh, and we're back in SoCal and I, I love it I love being a SoCal kid yes so as all of you goatees can tell Prisca and Abe are two different vibrations. <laughs> and this is the biggest thing I noticed about the two of you right. when you first started dating. <laughs> like, I think Prisca was like, the it was energy. at a show, 100%, and Abe was, you know, really quiet, really chill in the back. So we all know how Prisca told, you know, her falling in love with you, the backstory of being instantly enamored. <laughs> Abe, tell us your side. <laughs> we got to hear it from your side. Well, I do remember the first time I saw her. <gasps> and this is, we didn't meet yet. It was at a TNC. What's up, TNC? TNC. TNC fan. <laughs> Tuesday night cafe. Oh, yeah. yeah. Shout out, Sean Mira. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What up, Sean? <laughs> Thank you, Sean. Thank, Thank you, Sean. <laughs> Thank you, Tracy. Matchmaker. Yeah, it was a rainy day. So back in the day when it was raining, because it's an outdoor thing, we move uh, the event to Senor Fish. I remember it was, uh, I was with one of my vans that uh, had a gig there or a set, and I noticed this little girl talking to her friend, <laughs> and, you know, they're chatting away, and I ended up with a, you know, quick glance. I was like, wow, she's cute. <gasps> hey! <laughs> just bringing straight but, fire! <laughs> go on with your bad yes. But I, you know, I'm, I wasn't in the position or the state of soul to actually pursue anything at the time right i was single uh but you know it was just a look it was like she's cute just a look just a look just a quick glance electrifying and, <laughs> and uh i had to go to the bathroom mm. 
So, you know. Here as I am as on, happens. On the way to the bathroom in the hallway, she was there. <gasps> oh, my God. A karmic connection. Yeah. Korean drama. <laughs> I know. I like, hey, Perfect setup. You Slow know, motion. what's up? Hi. Introduced myself and found out who she was. And then, obviously, with the Asian community and church community, like, names came up. And we're like, oh, my gosh, you know, this person, that person. Cool, cool, cool. And that was that. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, nothing of it because, again, it's like, I'm, you know, I'm sure... She may not be interested at all. I'm not in the position mm. position to do that. I was told he was engaged. By oh, the way. Yeah. which never happened. Yeah, but you know, people talking. I don't think I need to explain that because I'm here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right <laughs> Um, Are you still? No, <laughs> wait a second here. <laughs> yeah, the next time we we spent some time together was uh, for a Dan gig. Dan, aka Dan. What's up, Dan? Another thank you, Dan. <laughs> wow, a lot of people to thank. I yeah, love. she she was in the room when I when I the rehearsal room, and I was like, oh shit, she's here. So it's like circumstances brought again and again the two of you together. Yeah. First, it's like Sean TNC Senior Fish got a shout out Senior Fish and their tacos, right. and then you know of course Dan AKA Dan. So yeah. both of you are sort of like orbiting each other's telepathic a little bit. space, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we had no control over that. It was pretty awesome. Wow. And uh, after the rehearsal, I was just drawn to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, uh, to be honest, with no intent of so-called hitting on her. But I don't know, subconsciously, <laughs> who knows, Mag? I don't know what's going on <laughs> in the subconscious. But yeah, we ended up uh, talking for like, an hour or two. Yeah. I don't even know. It was a long time. It was a long time. Every, everyone yeah, laughed. Hold on, Prisca, but you knew he was the one the moment you laid eyes on him, I right? mean, I, well, okay, so that rehearsal, I was still with my ex. Right. But basically, I saw him and then, you know, he was talking to me. Uh, actually, during the rehearsal, he came up to me during the break and he was like, hey, it's good to see you. Like, how you doing? He's like, it's kind of like the well, first time hearing you really sing. I'm like, oh, yeah. And he's like, oh. This was my pickup line. Have you uh, taken voice lessons? <laughs> That's the best that I had. And as <laughs> my insecure ass family, yeah. we're like we are used to being roasted because yeah. that's love. Yeah, right? that's love. I was like, it's love. No, but I was like, oh shit, this motherfucker thinks I need voice really? lessons. That's what, you told. <laughs> that was your way what I meant was, and I should have finished it with because you sound like you did, like you're amazing. But oh. all I said was. Oh, I, I just asked the simple question. <laughs> so the rest of the rehearsal, I'm sweating through my clothes. I'm just sweating. Hit those I'm high like, notes, girl. Hit everyone those- knows. Yeah, yeah, I'm a fraud. Like, you know. You know? <laughs> but after, because it was like my first big gig. Like right. my first like college gig, you know. Right. It was at like Claremont McKenna. So afterwards we leave and all of a sudden like Abe just kind of approaches me and starts sharing like his life story. And we just got along so well, so easily that maybe an hour into it or hour and a half my alarm bell started ringing because I had a boyfriend and I was like, beep, 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 like get out, abort, abort, you know? And I was like, okay, I gotta go. And then he was like, oh, um, we should grab a beer sometime if you're free. And I was like, gotta go, gotta go. And I was like, ran in my car, drove away. I love how you didn't tell him that you had a boyfriend. Well, he knew, I think, right? Uh, I don't know if I did that. He asked you out for a beer. Yeah. Right. And and so in my head, I was like, oh, this guy's kind of a player because oh. he's just like, you know, we just met. He's getting close. Like he's sharing emotionally. I'm like, oh, this is the kind of guy that overshares just to get you like in his like wheelhouse. Then he kind of ignores you and is mean to you and pulls you in when he wants. Like 
that's where I was at. I was not in a good because I was dating someone kind of toxic. So that was like my instant assumption. But now knowing him, I'm like, ah, you liked me because well, he's how did just you, not like that. You how know? did you get over that like mentality that that sort of like you were constructing a narrative about who he is to protect yourself? Yeah. But how did you how did he break those walls? Because I, I know that you also chased him. So, oh, yeah. Oh, so where sure. was that turning point? What happened? So that so that Saturday we went to the gig. I brought my then boyfriend, obviously ex now, who was just being a real dick I guess like whatever he's just kind of weird making like negging everybody negging me like yeah. just making people feel bad yeah. and when I got on stage like I just saw he was in the back like literally just playing pool like didn't give two shits that this was like my first big gig and after the gig he came up to me and was like you messed up here this was really bad like you should really think about like getting a lot better at this like blah blah, blah. and I was like okay yeah for sure so I went back into the green room and I saw Abe there with our friend Chucky and I was like Abe like like great job and he's like hey great job and I was like no I kind of messed up here I really need to think about like improving this part he's like hang on hang on hang on like I saw some girls in the front moved to tears by you know some of your songs and he's like what is it that we do music for if not to have that human connection and immediately my brain was like burp, burp, burp. like oh fuck oh fuck like I didn't know someone like this could exist like I didn't know that Someone with this depth and kindness and graciousness existed. I, I thought that, I, I don't know, I was just jaded, you know, at that point. I was like, I'm dating someone toxic, so that must mean every person out there is kind of toxic, you know? Well, that sort of set up your foundation. Exactly. And yeah. um, Abe, tell me a little bit about your the, the past relationships that you've had and how is Priscilla, or was Priscilla different from them? Yeah, I mean... Um... Priscilla is by far the most unique and different yes. and special. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, my first girlfriend ended up cheating on me. So it was, a, I think, a four-year relationship mm. in my early 20s. Second girlfriend also ended up cheating on me. What? So, yeah, and I think I, I welcome that kind of environment and relational dynamic. I don't... I share the blame, you know, I think I wanted to be a savior uh, because of my own insecurities and uh, I invited, you know, toxic relationships in my life, both, you know, romantic and just in general. Um, and then my third, which we got really serious, I had three girlfriends before Priscilla mm -hmm. or three serious partners. The third, I think, was a it was an adult decision. We were together for about five years, and we both realized, and I was in my early 30s at the time, um, that it wasn't going to work. Yeah. Uh, when, when it came to getting engaged, uh, more issues came up. We went to a MFT, or this marriage family therapist, and things started to come out, and it was just not, it wasn't, we weren't fit for each other. And so at that time, after that, I thought, okay, maybe, well, maybe... I'm not meant to be in an intimate romantic relationship. I really thought that it was over. And Priscilla met me during that time or mm -hmm. saw me again. And I was, um, I shaved my facial hair. I was wearing whatever. Crocs. You know it's pretty bad when you're wearing Crocs. But, uh, I, I thought maybe I would become a monk. Mm -hmm. That was a yeah, serious consideration to take vows and, and, and live that kind of lifestyle. And uh, Priscilla, uh, fortunately, mm -hmm. 
<laughs> broke that shit up. And um, yeah, I never knew that someone could exist with that kind of a soul, heart, mind, and just beauty. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Like, given that context, because I didn't know that, Abe, thank you so much for sharing that because you had three serious and rocky relationships and Prisca you were with someone who was very toxic Mm -hmm. so tell me about that dating period where both of you are dealing with your demons in this and what was that like it was um it was definitely I feel like the first like first year maybe two years it was just like a fever dream Mm -hmm. of I maybe maybe partially enabling certain things in ourselves yeah but also just having conversations like we've never had with other people like just loving that crazy time period of just wanting to be by each other like that intoxication you know like i think you were so like i i, I could see it to the state yeah. because you're so swept up by your magnificent husband yeah but i think like mm-hmm. abe like you are obviously a different generation is there anything in your mind when you were dating her like oh my this may not work out if it doesn't like it's gonna hurt a lot and how did you work past that you know it's a good question because i think i still live with the fear i have nightmares that priscilla will leave me um and won't admit that she has fallen out of love uh with me it's a very traumatic thing um and i don't want to say i'm I'm a victim you know like it's just the things that i've gone through unfortunately i still live with so going back to the question when I when we first started dating, mm-hmm. it was very intense. Right. Mm-hmm. Knowing that potentially this could, I was more freaked out because she was the real deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was almost. I hate to say it, but in the humanness of it all, it would have been easier if I knew she wasn't awesome. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Yeah. That's just, okay, ma'am. If it's gonna last, it's gonna last. Not, it's fine. Mm-hmm. But she was like. I won't say perfect because no human is, Aww. but very close to, let's say, ideal. And I was like, man, this is a life partner that's right in front of me. So I ran. Really? I ran away from her. Yeah. Oh, my uh, gosh. I, I treated her poorly. You know, I wouldn't call her. I wanted to. But, you know, any kind of even one phone call is a distribution of yourself, you know, trying to open up to somebody else. And I was very scared. I was very scared, and I, I still am after all these years. Not as afraid, but um, not fully healed. Mm-hmm. But again, Priscilla has helped me heal. And, uh, you know, there's one example that I always go back to when I do kind of trip out is, you know, you want, we hear this all the time. It's like, oh, you, I just want someone to walk with me in life. Yeah. Uh, we had an argument once, and this is like a year or two into our relationship, and I was upset about something. We're in uh, Mar Vista. Mm-hmm. I storm out of the house because uh, sometimes when I get upset, I just need a walk. Yeah. I, I left the building and Priscilla was right next to me. We didn't say a word to each other for about an hour while I walked around the block until I cooled down. That to me was like, who the hell are you? Mm-hmm. But that symbolically gave me an inner peace uh, that she was willing and I wasn't mad at her per se. It was more I was mad at myself at that time, and I needed to walk it out. And she was just there with me the entire time. Prisca, what was your perspective on these difficulties during that time? 
I think when he first was running away, you know, I told some girlfriends and everyone, you know, was like, it's like all the shit you say to your girlfriends. It's like, oh, you don't deserve this or, you know, stuff like that, which it's just what I was going through emotionally. But I talked to this one friend of mine who was like, you know, especially when you love someone who's been hurt in the way that say Abe has been hurt, sometimes all they need, whether it ends up working out or not, is just a consistent source of like a consistent touch point of care. And it doesn't have to be sexual or romantic per se, but this is someone like, even if we weren't together, I would want him in my life, you know? And even though we weren't together for a long time, I wanted him in my life and I just appreciated his mind and his heart and his just perspective, you know? And so I just was deciding in that time period to kind of get over myself and just to be a consistent touch point of care. That's it. Like, you know, not necessarily in that time period needing anything back, but just letting someone know someone who's hurt that they are cared for, whether or not they're doing X, Y, and Z. See, that's so beautiful because nowadays the dating landscape is sort of just marred with, oh, they don't treat you well, walk away. If they don't do this, like, then that's, they need to work on themselves. Right. But you literally showed up for this person as Mm -hmm. they were battling their demons and you did it on such blind faith. And and I think I just knew, like, I wanted to marry him. Like, I just knew. Yeah. Um, And so I was like. I mean, the first big hurdle is uh, you knew I was a drummer. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I what's, mean. What's wrong with First you? First thing you find out, like, you know, it's all, like, romanticized and stuff, but then you find out dating the drummer means just waiting the longest after the gig for them to clean up. Like, everyone's gone home. None of the press is there anymore. The bar is closed down, but you're still there, like, tw- twisting and untwisting <laughs> You knobs. knew what you were signing up for yeah, the moment you, that you started dating him. I really did. And I think, like, for me, it was like, I knew I loved him. I knew I wanted to marry him. And yeah, I was really young, but that's just something for me, like I'd never experienced love in that way. And so ultimately the hardest thing was giving him space Uh because I was kind of like in a bit of a rush. I was like, I, you know, I want to be together. I want all these things, but it ultimately I think was better for us because like you need two healthy people to make a healthy relationship, you know? And I don't know that I was fully healthy, And he was definitely going through his time. He kind of had the foresight of like, hey, you just went through a breakup. I think you need some time as well. And he's like, I'm just not in a good emotional place, which sounds like a cop out for guys. But with him, I I just he walked the walk. So I believed it. You know what I mean? Right. It wasn't just like, I'm just like not in a good place. And they ghost you like it was just like he was just genuinely you could just see he was so he was hurting and he's like, my mental health is my responsibility, which I thought was, um, no was one, huge. No one yeah. was saying that around us w- no. in our age. Like, nobody was having that conversation no. at all. No. So being able to say that, you're just like, okay, this is like a big nugget of wisdom that yeah. I need to step into. It was pretty okay, big. Okay, just turning the tables on the vibe a little bit. Uh-huh, but uh-huh, can uh-huh. you tell me about the first moment y'all said I love you to each other? Do you remember that? So, yeah, I said it first. (laughs) Surprise. I said it like a year, a year before he ended up saying it, but it was fine because I kind of don't care. Like, 
But then I kept saying I love you, and we did get to a point where he felt pressured by it, (laughs) right? (laughs) Which I felt kind of bad. You know that that Prisca full full pressure now. (laughs) (laughs) But I can be kind of. I mean, we're both intense people. Yes. But I think for me, I was definitely intense right off the bat with our relationship. Right. He's an intense person in that he thinks really deeply about things. And then once he really does commit to something, it's like forever. Right. Like the unbreakable vow, like Harry Potter status. You know what I mean? He's a man of his word. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. So I think we both have different levels of jumping in with two feet and mine just happened to be like really intense and kind of like early. I, don't know. I have a question. So, so you know how people talk about like timing, do you think like for both of you, it's like the timing is very different. Yeah. So what are your thoughts on people saying, Oh yeah. Right person, wrong time. What are your thoughts, Abe? Yeah, I think, um, it may apply. I'm, I'm not quite sure if I have an accurate answer, but I would say that if if that's what it is for you, then that's what it is. Mm. I can't say that it, it applies to everybody. Right. I think when it comes to us, because I did, you know, reflecting back and I'm thinking, well, I'm in therapy. I just started medication. It should be the wrong time. Mm. I... Right. And maybe that's what I wanted as I'm kind of running away, but not wanting to fully detach from her. But if I'm like, okay, see, I knew it. Mm-hmm. I knew you wouldn't like me this way. So the timing's off then, right? Mm-hmm. Like, those are my uh, inner excuses and wanting her to um, just disappear. Because it will be easier for me to deal with that than, than actually face, like, this uh, authentic person. Mm. So, yeah, to answer your question, I'm not... I think it's relationship by relationship, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure if it always has to be with the the timing needing to be right. Mm. Prisca, what do you think? Yeah, I think in a lot of ways when two stars intersect, like it's a catastrophic explosion. And I always feel that way with love. I don't know. Maybe it's not always the case, but you're two independent people. No matter what, for there to be some sort of synthesis, there needs to be a change, of course, Uh you know? uh So I definitely feel like... It was chaotic in the beginning, but not in a necessarily negative way. Right. But it was just chaotic in two people colliding and having all of these things, like having all these cause and effects occur. It's so interesting, like hearing the both of you talk so honestly now about where both of you are coming from. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't know this, you know, like even though I've been Mm -hmm. friends with you for so long. But, you know, in dating, people usually like to present their best self. And then over time, I trust you enough to show my darker side. Yeah. But Abe, you're like, here's my darkest shit to chase you away because I don't feel like I deserve yeah. this person or this love, right? Yeah, I mean, literally, I, I farted in front of her <laughs> first date because I was like, not again in, with the intent of like... I'm testing I, you. Yeah, yeah, you're going to run away now, Challenge right? I'm a, I'm a lucky girl. Accepted. Yeah, I think it was it was just at a point in my life where I was like, man, I got to show you everything now. Yeah, yeah. Like I, You know, maybe again, my age, like, it's like, man, uh, I don't know if I have the luxury of building up to the exposing on, of imperfection. Right. I think that was what has been so great 
about getting married. It's not like I think marriage necessarily mm-hmm. really changes things, but in terms of like how we were brought up and what marriage had come to mean, like especially like in his family and then in my family, it's been cool because while we were dating, he was very, very quick to reveal his darker sides and very honest about it. But marriage has been really a constant letting go of revealing his like goofy side, his his sweetness, his romantic, like, you know, all of that, like, it's just been developing more and more since we've gotten married, which is so interesting. Yeah. Oh, okay. Let's talk about marriage then. <laughs> I was like, this is a really good transition into marriage. Oh, you know, just always doing the alley-oop. You I know? love that. I love that. This is why we work so well as co-hosts. Um, but Abe, you know, like you were on the verge of getting married with the last girlfriend that you had. Mm-hmm. And, um, Entering marriage with Priscilla and Priscilla, you could say on this as well, what were some fears that both of both of you had entering into this being both, you know, uh, you know, both being PKs, mm-hmm. right? Coming from a shared similar background. And then there's this whole slew of like, now we get to build our own family culture. Mm-hmm. So what were some of your thoughts before you tied the knot? <laughs> I think we were so opposite. But really? I'm curious to hear what you think. I mean, I think... W- uh, because of my formation as well, um, but I do uh, also believe that you know marriage is sacred, and it's just my personal belief. I'm not saying it should should be like that for everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this is it for me. You know, like I didn't I didn't want to enter marriage like okay, let's see what happens because I know other people have and, and you know it's their thing. But I was really nervous. I mean, the day, the week. That leading up to the proposal, I mean, my my palms are sweaty, you know, mom's spaghetti. Yeah, and I, I was about to rap as well. Yeah, I was like no. trying to <laughs> restrain my inner Eminem. Man. I clearly have a type, you know. <laughs> uh, nervous, freaked out, um, but you know, our wedding day, everything just slowed down. Yeah. It was interesting. Um, Oh, obviously, I've never experienced that ever, anything close to that before. But standing in front of me was um, my other half. <laughs> and uh, just the, the deep joy and peace that I felt in the moment. And uh, I was a crier. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think when, you know, if, if and when people get to know us, you'll think Priscilla would be the one <laughs> crying because uh, she cries for King Kong. And, <laughs> yeah. But I was just, you know, there was an overflow of joy and I was just so happy that it came to this. And then standing before me was someone so special. I had to push certain negative thoughts uh, I mean, it was only for a brief moment. Like, I don't deserve this. Oh. You know, um, like stuff like that. I was like, no, no, no. Like, this is, we were destined to be together and, and we're in front of a family. And also, uh, because of my history, I put my family through a lot as well. Yeah. You know, they're, uh, my parents are first generation Koreans and, you know, high expectations. Yes. Yeah, just to be able to have witnesses, uh, you know, our parents there and and all of that. Like, at least the wedding day, um, I found some peace. And as our marriage, you know, continues, 
I won't say the fear disappears. You know, I'm still afraid. Like, I don't, I don't want to let my guard down. You know, like this marriage is serious work. Mm-hmm. Like some of my mentors and older folks have told told me, and I'm, I think, starting to realize what that means. It's interesting how you were talking about feeling that deep joy. And even in that moment of deep joy, there's those nasty thoughts that come in that try to like rip it away from you. Yeah. You know, it's hard that we even reach that mm. level of gratitude and right. happiness sometimes. But we just really have to let ourselves live in that moment, you know, because she's right next to you and will be for the rest of your life. You know, we all know the type of person she is. You better. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Krista, what about you? Like, did you, what were your thoughts? I, I think I was maybe a little too blindly confident. (laughs) 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 I I don't know. I, I think like, I just knew for so long, like it was an easy um, decision for me. And I think if anything, I was, I felt because of, our upbringing um but especially because like of how like your family viewed marriage as kind of like his parents would kind of be like no it's kind of the answer to things like Mm. just get married like kind of just do it like you can always learn to love or ask questions later so I felt like when we got married maybe it would I don't know, release some of the things that had been coming up when we were dating. Uh Little did I know, like just that first, like really the first three years, but like the first year, especially it was a, a big like psychological negotiation with one another of trust falls. Cause for me, I think I'm a, I'm unwittingly independent. Like I don't realize that I'm pretty independent in like my thoughts and how I move about the world. Mm -hmm. And so learning to let go of a lot of that autonomy was hard. And I think, you know, in this kind of like age of like feminism, there's a lot of rhetoric that's like, be your own woman. Like you don't need, you don't need a man, like kind of thing that I had to negotiate because now I'm in a marriage and this is like vows. Mm -hmm. And so as independent as, I am and Abe lets me be. I also have to let go of some of the of the things that maybe made sense when I was like single and you know in the world. And but now it's like I've it's like more so than just like the patriarchy. Right. It's just like I have as a human agreed to be permanent roommates with this person, and so I need to make wise choices in how I speak and also certain concessions and things that like just make me happy you know so what would you say is was the most challenging time in your marriage and what has been the most rewarding because you've been married for three years now and a lot has happened in these short three years I mean there's the whole pandemic that happened yeah you two moved to Oregon moved to Ashland yeah right there's there's a lot that's happened so from your own perspectives um I think the hardest time for me personally was in Ashland, Oregon. We just got married and our environment and culture completely switched Mm -hmm. from where we started from Mm -hmm. as a couple. And I think the pressure of uh, being in the show, now looking back, uh, you know, and I have apologized to Priscilla because I think some of the PK and me 
um, came back up oh. because Oregon Shakespeare Festival, lovely place. I'm not blaming the place. It's mm-hmm. just very familiar. It's similar to a mega church mm-hmm. where, you know, there's just theaters, the sanctuary, right? And the show is like the preacher or the worship team or band. Mm-hmm. And you have all these people coming in. And the people that are on stage get recognized. Yeah. Pastor's kids, we would be on, not literally on stage, but everyone knew who we were and being watched. Mm -hmm. And so with that, at the time, again, subconsciously, I uh, put that pressure on myself and then relayed it to Priscilla. Like, hey, not like be better or how is this going to make me look? It was just more like, no, be her friend. I see. Come on, like he's, you know, whatever, mm. this relationship, be her friend or be his friend. No, it's not like that. Like, meaning, when I say, no, it's not like that, she's telling me something that's accurate and, and factual for her, but I'm denying her that mm. because I don't want to feel that kind of hurt yeah. that she's feeling. Right. Or the cause of her, the root of her pain might have been from me. Because I was like, Priscilla, you want to get married and move to, uh, where is it? Buffuck Nowhere? <laughs> Oregon. Um, big move. And I saw her struggle. It hurt. And it's not just one leap of faith. It's like multiple big trust falls that you were talking about, Priscilla. Yeah. And, and I think like we both have so much established community in L.A. And yeah. then I, I think I was just young enough and naive enough to think that wouldn't bother me. But obviously anyone who really knows me knows like I do need like my friends and and family, you know, yeah, absolutely. and and I think to be pulled from that and then also for myself, like I think nowadays if we did something like that again, like I have my life coach that I can build a plan with. I'm very aware of what my pitfalls are, of what my weaknesses are. So I think my um, contribution to kind of the how tumultuous that first year was, was I wasn't really listening to him. I, I was so determined, like. I wanted to just have a good time, even if things were hard or something like I was like, no, like we're having an adventure. It's going to be great. And if he would tell me like things that I did that bothered him, like Mm -hmm. say, you know, when he's getting ready for the show, I'm like such an extrovert. I don't mind having friends around during that time. But for him, it's so important to have quiet and to be able to prepare for the show without like maybe like you and I like tittering about laughing. Yeah. You know, just just stuff like that. I just. I heard him say it, but at the same time, I was like, well, it's not that big a deal. Like, I just kind of Mm. heard what I wanted to because I was so, like, intent on just, like, having a a ball of a time. Right. You know, and, like, I was clearly running away from a lot of things that I wasn't dealing with in my life, you know. And um, anyhow, I think it led to increased fighting because he felt so misunderstood and unheard. And... Yeah, I, it took a really long time to understand and see it from his point of view. And that environment. Yeah. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. you did two giant leaps. Yeah. Usually yeah. people are like, oh, yeah, marriage. Like, that's already a huge jump. But it's like, right. let's uproot ourselves. Yeah. And let's build this new environment. We're still unsure of which direction we're headed. Yes. You know? So it's like a full of landmines. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a big shift, I think, because I think we went from, I don't know, like, I think when we were gigging together in SoCal in LA, like usually I was the, I was Prisca or whatever. And then he was, you know, obviously he's made a name for himself. I'm not saying, but we were like, if anything, like equal, like, you know, but then going to Ashland, like he had the job and he had the role 
and I I I made myself really small because no one knew who I was and I didn't want to infringe on anyone's comfort which now I know is not necessary to do but that's what I did at the time and Abe never pushed that Abe always wanted me to assert myself really freely but I just felt the need to like make myself small you see know? that's the thing that a lot of young people are associated as fears going into marriage is mm-hmm. what is my role now mm-hmm. right now that I'm paired with this person does yeah. this make me smaller right. am I just a partner right yeah right? yeah yeah well I have the same autonomous glory but no it's really about coming together and collaborating right, right? because so much ha- you both of you I've seen both of you shift so much in your relationship yeah and grown and ebbed and flowed so much in these short three years yeah I mean what are the most rewarding parts of your relationship? I would say the season that, and and obviously it's it's tragic uh, as globally, but the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I mean that in itself for for me personally as an introvert, <laughs> uh, getting to spend time with my best friend. Yeah, there was never a dull moment <laughs> during this pandemic. That was rewarding because I'm like I'm with my wife. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's so rewarding. It's mm-hmm. like there's no. That's it. Like, you know, I don't have to. I mean, of course, I try to impress her. <laughs> but again, now it's it all comes down to like, can I impress her with like a tone of a fart that she never. <laughs> like, hey, check this out. Check this out. I mean, it's that comfortable where she she still laughs, you know, my jokes. OK, OK. Just to be totally real, our personas in public are almost opposite from how we are in private. Because, you know, me like privately, I'm actually like I'm just really kind of a serious person yes like I'm, yes like i'll joke around all day but at the core of it, i'm like i'm a very like serious person at abe's court he is a freaking goofball he does bits like he has ongoing bits that he does <laughs> like a comedian like he has bits that he does whether it's like a certain voice or a certain type of like like a, a pratfall <laughs> like he just full-on does bits when we're alone together which is like I'm like, no one, no one would believe it. Like, even if I told them, except for his sister, like nobody knows that side of him. Wow. So both yeah. of you literally switch spots. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. switch personalities. Yeah. But I think that's what makes a really great balance though. Right. right. Is because we can't be all things at one time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And also to answer your question, I think aside from just like getting to spend time with each other during the pandemic, I think the benefit that I genuinely see with marriage, like, cause I don't think it's for everybody. And if you don't want it, that's cool. I, I, I'm not forcing it on anybody, but I think what is beautiful about it is the time that you spend together. It's like treading this path over and over and over. And even with arguments, we now have a shorthand to get through certain arguments. Mm -hmm. So they never, rarely do they get as like volatile or as um, volume wise, like loud because we're like, oh, actually, we've already we've already done this. So let me so we can you know what I mean? We yeah, kind of have skip, a shorthand. We could skip some steps. Yeah. Let's not waste time. Here. Let's, yeah. let's argue. Yeah. <laughs> let's just take it like further. And then, you know, I, I would say and I'm not saying this is a good thing, but I, I tend to hold my anger really like close to my chest and it's very simmering. And I would say Abe's style tends to be like hot and loud and then over. I'm Korean. (laughs) No, seriously, the two of you are so different in terms of your dynamicism. Totally. But then I see how it makes sense. Like every time I see you two together, like you two do so much together. Like they make music together. Like Mm. seriously, if me, Prisca are singing, like Abe will naturally start setting up the microphones (laughs) and then like we'll pick up a guitar and just start jamming with this. If you're in the kitchen, you start making food together or you 
to allow each other's like their own private space right and then just operate out you know just like sort of swim around each other right. in the house yeah it's really beautiful it's almost telepathic at this point yeah 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 the I, way that you work when we cook together it's kind of great because it's pretty it's like a ballet dance yeah it's like words you don't talk yeah <laughs> it's like you you're chopping up the vegetables and then he comes and he just takes it and dunks it into the soup you know yeah. like it's absolutely gorgeous um i want to ask some questions from the perspective of People like me who are not married that yes. have questions behind the Iron Curtain. Mm -hmm. uh, you two are artists. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, some people have separate bank accounts or like have joint financials. Mm -hmm. You know, what are some difficulties? Because Prisca, you were talking about, oh, yeah, my autonomy and now working with this other person. Mm -hmm. You know, Abe, you're, all, you're a drummer, you're an artist. Like, what are some difficulties, but also like beauty and um, ease? Oh, great question. I mean, it's different for everyone. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But from your perspective and your experience, what is it like? I, I think, yeah, finances has been interesting because I think I realized when I was making financial decisions on my own, which I'd been doing for a really long time, it made him feel I, I was kind of like, whoa, don't take away my autonomy. Like, mm -hmm. you know, but for him, it was it, it was more from the perspective of like he wanted to be able to provide too. yeah. And so me making my own financial choices, I don't know, was kind of indicating like, oh, I don't need you or, you know what I mean? And so it was a communication issue more so than like an actual finance issue. Yeah. So once we cleared that up, it, it just made it, it just made more sense with each other. And it was more about the communication. Yeah. I yeah. think at the core of it's communication um, with finances, uh, I think obviously being artists, it changes, it fluctuates constantly because we don't have a steady gig for that long typically uh i would say right now she's the breadwinner mm -hmm. um and, and i rely on her uh we don't have a shared account mm -hmm. uh, we just recently got a credit card together oh big, yeah big, big deal <laughs> big deal and i think you know we didn't sit there and go oh, this is what we're doing it's yeah. more like i think she mentioned now i was like yeah i think that's what we're supposed to do now i mm -hmm. feel comfortable you feel comfortable yeah. all right cool let's do it um, but again, it, uh, what Priscilla was saying, we never argued about money itself. I think it was more, if, if we're not communicating, then that, that's the core of, of any kind of, you know, argument or issue. And along with the finance, you know, uh, being an artist, um, the travel schedule, it can suck. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, when, when, if, you know, she has a gig and she's out. Mm -hmm. um, if I have a gig and I'm out and, and more so than, than not because Priscilla is a solo artist and she can control her schedule more mm -hmm. so, yeah. which is nice. But for me as a drummer, I, I kind of can't. Mm -hmm. It's just at the whim of other people a lot of times, <sighs> you know, so, wow. you know, being away from Priscilla for, for a long time, which the longest tour, we weren't married at the time, but, um, it was, a, I mean, a few months, it was mm -hmm. hard. Yeah. It was very difficult. And I think going through that and then also now facing possibly with the with the show crb um i think we're a bit more prepared mm -hmm. but it's gonna suck it's gonna suck yeah that's what sucks but you know and I, this is not unlike business folks or um but there there's i would say slight you know because the grass is definitely greener right um i wonder man if i just had a nine to five i could just mm -hmm stay home no i right? think it's you know? so it's so crazy because they'll yeah. just tell you well that's the nature of the game yeah right, right. right. like you have to be gone for nine months that's just what it mm -hmm. is right right you, you signed know? up for it right yeah yeah, yeah. But it, it sucks it sucks it, it like 
again, because that communication is so important, when we're apart, the first thing to break down is communication, you know? And so we, we have to be, just be really watchful of it because it's a challenge. And, like, it's things like working it into our budget for me to make sure to go visit him in each city for at least a week yeah. because we know we need it. And it's not selfish and it's not wasteful. It's like, it's, it's important. You know what I mean? And I do think like our families have such different views of money. Yeah. Like obviously my mom's an auditor and the way that my mom's always thinking from such a place of lack and it's been it's been a good and healthy adjustment for Abe to just be like, no, this isn't wasting money. This is like money that we've agreed to spend together. And we even on vacation, like my mom's so frugal, even when we're out and about. And he's like, hey, like we're out here. There are things that, you know, I, I think we've definitely pushed and pulled each other with how we approach money. Money is a very taboo subject, even with couples. You yeah. know what I mean? Because, again, family culture, I sort of have three different topics that's yeah. under this umbrella of right. family culture from the families you come from and the ones that you're creating on your own now. Mm-hmm. And, like, navigating finances, it's like, yeah, my mom's like, oh, it's send, send, send. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Don't do that. Don't, like, you may need it yeah. in case of emergencies. Yeah. Right? But it's like, mm, but I'm like, I have to give up this, like, sort of, like, values or this yeah. sort of mindset that I was grown up to protect myself. Right. You know? So I think being able to come at it you know having two different bank accounts i heard from this one person they mm-hmm. have like four bank accounts with their partner <laughs> uh-huh. because there's ones like our separate uh-huh. the ones that we save yeah and the ones that like we track for like things that we need right right you right. know for like the house and boring logistical stuff yeah and it's like i'm not gonna police you on like what you're gonna spend stuff on and i think that's a really healthy way of looking at it i think yeah. so too yeah, yeah. that's basically how that's, we're yeah set that's up. how we're operating right yeah. now yeah yeah i think one big thing that my family's not only frugal they're like they're not, I don't know. I don't want to, they're not really generous with money. Oh. They are and they aren't, but they aren't like, like when it's like time for New Year's and it's Hongbao, like my mom's like, can we just put $5? Like, oh my God. Like my mom's like that kind of cheap, you know, but then if a kid needs it, she'll probably like pay for his whole school year. So I'm not saying they're not generous, but they're also very, I don't know, like frugal with gifts and yeah they just don't like that like that's not their but abe's family's extremely generous with you know like in that in that sense yeah i think my parents uh never fought about money you know all their arguments and fights were about ministry and the church so i grew up with uh the verse you know the lord gives and takes so i totally different yeah so i was like money (laughs) sure use it when you have it yeah Yeah. because it comes and it goes um but you know that's i know not the best way to approach it personally my parents they survived that way but that doesn't mean uh priscilla and i can so i mean i'm I'm learning but right and that was hard right it's very hard yeah you know and and but to you know uh compromise yeah uh, with priscilla because uh, I don't want to kill a good time, but no doubt. But yeah. you know, uh, you, we also don't want to be in the red. Yeah, we don't want to be easily. Destitute. You know, yeah. very small example is like, you know, we want everyone to have a good time, and and here we are paying for two three hundred dollar bar tab a like, night. Ah, yeah, you know, wow. Maybe we shouldn't yeah. have done that, but like at the time, you know, for me, I'm the one that pushes it more. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I'll just get you guys another round. Yeah, and yeah, there's yeah. a whole. Yeah. The way I was parented, first of all, second, you know, the Korean in me, I'm just going to say we tend yeah. to do that. Yeah. The and older then, brother. And then the older brother thing. Yeah. You know, I'm just yep, like, yep, all yep, right, yep. like I got to, 
manage and, and discern all that. Uh, but I had to kind of break it down like, well, this is how much you make in a week. And you're we're overspending. <laughs> your mom's accountant. Yeah. Account like, yeah. Like, yeah. Translated into your DNA. Exactly. It's extremely helpful. It's just there. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like, well, we can't do that, you know. And I definitely have a lot more anxiety, but around the money we spend. But at the same time, I have my shit that I spend, like, skincare. Like, I spend a shit ton of money on shit. And then he's a drummer, so, like, the gear that, yeah. you know. So, luckily, it's we have bad. a good tax person who really helps us out. Like, and, um, you know, like we talked about, like, financial literacy is so huge and so so lacking. But even just, like, balancing out. When you grow up with money being approached a certain way, it's almost like a religion. And when someone tells you that, it's wrong or that you could do things differently it can hit so personally yeah yeah i was wondering about that i was like what does it feel to be like here we need to structure this you know right. after hearing it, like having to really work with somebody yeah you know it's like hey this is my 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 wife my partner and uh, like this is the really unfun stuff yeah. you know where you have to lay it all out not just like your personal emotional baggage but it's like literally yeah all the other stuff totally yeah. totally and then you feel embarrassed yeah because sometimes i'll buy things and now like when we share a credit card it's immediately he's like hey what what <laughs> what was this you know and i i feel sometimes embarrassed because i have to face like my own like binge shopping habits you know what i mean because because i grew up being so um limited with with money that when i got to college and i had a little bit um, I would just binge shop and not even think about it and not even look at the numbers because that's how I relieve stress. Yeah. And so sometimes when I get into that, like, you know, it's nice to to be to have someone that keeps me accountable, but it, it's really embarrassing. You know, it, I can feel I can get like flushed in the face. You and know? We have seasons, I think, you know, even like a few months ago, I was woke up one morning. And I was like, Priscilla, let's go to Disneyland. Yeah. And she's like, man, uh, you tripping, dude. Oh, my God. Yes. We do not have the money. I, and yeah. I, I walked away feeling defeated <laughs> and, and a little bit dumb too because I was like, that was a dumb idea. No, it wasn't no. a dumb idea. Not a dumb idea. This is not the time. Not okay. the time. We have the show had, Genius Age yes, coming onto the exactly. pod now. Because the show had just been postponed uh-huh. till September. Oh my God. So yeah. I was having literally heart palpitations because I was like, how are we? We were banking on it starting in March. So just that that stress that I was feeling and then for him to say like Disneyland, I was like, that's like five hundred dollars. Like in my mind, I was like, Whoa, I got some more time now. Let's go to Disneyland. <laughs> that's so funny. Oh my god, we really do see the opposite world <laughs> take place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was like, we're freaking out. I was like, I can't, structure no, planning. Yeah. And they're like, and he's like, I got time. Give me five hundred dollars. Let's go play. That's so funny. I know. But the thing is, like, what I do notice about you too, that's like clear as day, is like you communicate a lot. Yeah, very often, and you're not afraid to get into uncomfortable conversations. Right. Yeah, yeah absolutely. That's true. I think um, has it always been this way? No. Um, yeah, in the beginning it was hard. Uh, I think, uh, for lack of a better term, like ego, pride, which still obviously we carry, but I think we yield a lot quicker now mm. because maybe a few reasons. But um, one, we as we get older, I think we get softer. Yeah, you, know, you don't really care about yeah the way people 
view you as much. Yeah. Right. And so now imagine that with your partner. You're like, mm-hmm. dude, this is me. Like, yeah. You know, I um, have nothing to hide. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My second topic for mm-hmm. this uh, umbrella taboo topic is in laws. Oh, yeah. So, so of course, share what you <laughs> share what you're open with. It's okay if you don't want to share too much. But um, something that you know, when they say when you marry somebody, you're not just marrying the person you yeah. love. Yeah, you're marrying into their extended family. Right, right. Mm-hmm. So you two also come from different cultures. Yeah, we do. I, I would say his his parents have been a a delight, and I think in a way it's a blessing and a curse like that. I don't speak Korean. Yeah. Um, I I wish I could like get to know your mom on that personal level and, you know, be able to charm them the way I might for like Chinese, you know, like someone who speaks Chinese. Like I've been, (laughs) you work so hard on your Mandarin. So hard. Only to not be able to speak with apes. Completely (laughs) useless, you know? And so all I can really do in their presence is smile and nod. But I think, um, our families were really opposite in that my family embraced Abe at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then when we got married, the, the, the roasting started. <gasps> so it was like a complete like bait and switch, I think, yeah. where my mom was so nice to him, like so generous, like ha 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 ha. And then once they got married, it was like that week we went on a family vacation after our wedding and she just started shitting on him. <laughs> Hey, what was that like for it you? It was awesome. <laughs> was it? <laughs> well, that's how you Hello, know you're Mrs. accepted Lian. into the family. Yeah, yeah, I quickly realized that it, it was kind of a like the way her family structured. Uh, it's horrible. Honestly, I wasn't hurt or offended. I was like, man, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's really what I felt. Because, yeah, sure, she, she roasted me a few times. But now it's like, oh, the son-in-law that can cook. Right. Or something, because... Now we got a, a new guy to pick on. And oh, yeah. Rose's boyfriend. <laughs> Rose's yeah. boyfriend. What's up, New York? Hey, yeah. how's it going? What's up, Will? What's up, Will? You're I know. next. He's you know you're next. He's got a target on his yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> and my mom's um, already starting to roast him, though. But, you know, when I first uh, you know, got into family dinners before we were married, the thing that, that struck me the most is how much their family would laugh during the dinner table. It's just constant. Or around the dinner table, which... <laughs> Yes. Constant roasting, <laughs> laughing, like Just making fun of. Yes. We're really like, loud. Yeah, really Taiwanese lo- people are really it was loud. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. very my talkative. family, uh, very quiet. Sil- almost part. silent meals. And Whoa, usually, with the adults. What's that like for her? I know. <laughs> I'm a PK though. I know. I know how to do it. Okay. Yeah, I know. It's hard to believe. Fortunately, I think uh, our nibblings um, help. help us to kind of trip out on our own. Yeah. Uh, where we don't have to face the first gen. But when there's a kids' table, it's like, oh boy, yeah. it's going to be a quiet. It's going to be a quiet meal. It's usually, we, uh, you know, my side of the family, like let's say a birthday, uh, everyone gets their own time. Dinner mm-hmm. should start. Yeah. Must start. Yep. At 5.55, his dad starts calling him. Yeah. Where are you at? Where are you at? Oh, my God. And he's like, it's 6 o'clock though, right? He's like, yeah. Well, it's 5.56. Where are you at? Oh, like, it's very punctual. Yes. And, you know, uh, we eat <laughs> somewhat quietly. Uh, usually, it's just like, what do you think of the food? It's good. good. Okay, eat a lot. Okay. I will eat a lot. <laughs> and then you do the birthday thing. Happy birthday. Woo. Cut the cake. Yeah, cut it. 
take it home. We don't even eat the Wrap cake Wrap it there. in foil. And then envelopes are passed and yeah. you bounce. Yeah. Whereas and Pris- it's just over. Priscilla's family, they're just like chilling. <laughs> they're, they're, you know, the, the candle is blown out and yeah. we're, we're there for another hour and a half or two. Yeah. yeah. He, he, every time we go to my parents' house, he's like, we're not going to stay long, right? <laughs> Like if it's under two hours, I'm like, he's like, I thought you said we weren't going to stay long. I'm like, honey, we didn't. <laughs> I know. Like you were there for five minutes. Yeah, and it's two yeah. hours. But also yeah. it's really funny because I like, it's so funny how you describe that, Abe, like at your family. Cause I can only imagine Priscilla being like, damn, why can't I speak Korean? I know. I know. I know my mom and Priscilla would, uh, they would just have. So many laughs together. Oh, come yeah. on, brush up on that Duolingo, sister. I know, I know. I gotta, I gotta work on it. But like, you know, when he would come over, um, when we were dating, I'd be like in the kitchen just singing to myself, like, you know, like putting on a little musical like right. for myself. Right. And I'm like, oh, s- sorry. Like, sorry if this is... And he's like, just wait till you meet my mom. It'll all make sense to you. So I went over to their house and she's just in the kitchen like... <laughs> Man, my Italian mom, opera? Yeah, she's just singing. And just singing to the potatoes? Mom's Dude. a strange person. And then I meet <laughs> I Priscilla. I'm like, oh, oh, she's another strange person. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a type, huh? I, I, think, I think, yeah, I see a commonality yeah. here. Uh, yeah. That's so funny. We do marry our parents, you know? Yeah. We do a little marry bit. Our parents. A little bit, well, yeah. Well, I, I married my mom and Priscilla married Rose. <laughs> So I don't know what happened there. <laughs> Low cross. Yeah. Low cross. Uh, you are definitely not Michelle Yang. No, <laughs> no, no. But yeah, I think even with that, like coming back to like family culture, like my mom was the breadwinner. Yeah. And then Abe's dad was the like the pastor. So I think that has been certain adjustments too, where like my mom was the, could say whatever she want, do whatever she want. Like, you know. Yeah. Um, laissez-faire. Yeah. Like. I don't know. And so I had to learn to, you know, in order to be in a relationship together and build this thing together, it's not just about defiance. Like, I don't want to have to listen to you. It really is like, okay, you appreciate feeling respected. I can do that. I can find ways to get over my pride and, you know, whatnot and and make sure that it's not pulling away from me being my own person, but then it is making sure that we as a unit both feel respected and heard so that's like it's a very subtle difference but you know what i mean no absolutely yeah yeah yeah. so this being said you two Mm -hmm. are the cutest (laughs) i'm honored to be your sugar baby um Uh, so the uh, last question i have in this topic is now that you're talking about like coming from these family cultures and having shared you know experiences as pk and like where you guys are now after everything you've gone through, Mm -hmm. what's next? Mm. And do you discuss that or do you just exist Mm. as each other? Because I'm sure coming from religious backgrounds, your families must have a lot of expectations. And how do you set your boundaries with that? Yeah, my parents every time, uh, you know, phone conversation or my dad would sneak it into prayer, like, uh, they want us to have kids, right? They mm-hmm. on the phone. They're, you know, my dad's like, "So, any good news?" <laughs> and then in prayer, like, you know, they they would come, uh, you know, stop by, bring us some stuff like food or, 
you know, snacks and stuff. And then they always pray before they leave. And my dad was sneaking in there like, you know, give them good health and may they have a kid soon, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Bless the and fertile I can lands. understand, yeah. Bless yeah. the fertile lands. <laughs> so to set boundaries, and I try to say it as jokingly as possible, mm-hmm. um, when when they do ask, I go, I, I don't think you're praying hard enough. <laughs> so you should be, that's how I've been. De- yeah, that is fuckery right there, That is dude. Abe's sense of humor to a T. Yeah, my mom's laughing and my dad's like, oh, come on. Like, yeah, that, you know, setting boundaries is very important. And yeah. what's next for us, I think we have uh, talked about children, but I don't think it's in the near future. So mm-hmm. that's... It's nothing urgent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think um, what's next is building a home. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know where we live right now. We're, we're not quite sure how long. Uh, yeah, how long? And and I think as far as career, we're still trying to feel it out. You know, I think we we're still in the position of learning a lot. We, mm-hmm. we don't know it all. Uh, we haven't made it because if we did, then again we should stop. So I think yeah, that's what's next, and continue continuing to grow and mm-hmm. uh the capacity right of love and yeah. yeah and i think even when we were dating like his parents would be like when are you getting engaged when are you getting married when are you getting engaged and like i think we had this conversation early on i'm like please do not like feel that you need to jump into something i was like i I, I want to marry you. That's like not a question, you know, but I was like, I don't want you to propose unless it's just like where you're at, yeah. you know? And I knew he would do that, but I also needed to just like reaffirm like that pressure that's external from us. Like it doesn't actually exist inside here. We need to just take our time and like do it the, the way we feel comfortable, you know? Right. And even like our, our wedding, like we needed to do it in a way that we felt comfortable, you know? Right. And so we, we had a really small wedding and you know, just had a gathering later with friends. And that just made sense to us. Right. Um, Because I was like, one, I just want us to feel like we get to say what we want to say and spend the time with the people that we want to spend time with on our special day. Yes. Yes. It was, I think our wedding for us was like very meaningful. And I think every couple feels that way, you know? And so I'm glad that we also feel that way because we, we rented this property in, in Joshua tree and we were able to cover all like two nights of living expenses for, um, one best friend, each our siblings and then our parents yeah. and then, you know, the, the, the ne- nephews and niece. So that was so important to us. Cause we just, it was 20 people in total, like just our two families basically. And we got to just stay on a compound together, hot tub every night, wake up, get married, hang out, eat dinner. His mom made Colby like marinated short ribs that oh, just literally yes. everyone died over in the oh my gosh and it, it was, was just perfect good. yeah it's good and we drank like six bottles of really nice scotch it was <laughs> great you know great, yeah. and but we got to talk to each person and tell them how important they were to us and make custom gift bags to each of these people and and just feel like held the whole weekend you know and and for for me that's all we could have asked for and yeah. abe like Abe and I each cooked meals. And then I think each of our parents took turns cooking one and the other meal. So, but we, it was like our best friends, just all cooking together, moving furniture, putting things together for the like makeshift wedding, you know? And it just felt very homespun and, and 
intimate and perfect. I always <laughs> loved how you two did that. Like, because it made sense, you know, you weren't stressed out by having to cater to 200 people. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. you know, those weddings where it's like the, the bride is just constantly bridezilla because yeah. she's and under just so hungry. much stress. She's just hungry. Yeah, she can't eat anything. She <laughs> just has celery and can't yeah. even enjoy the meal. And when she's eating the meal, she can't even taste it. Right. And then it's like the best man speech in front of 200 people. Then yeah. he gets drunk. Then he vomits all over everybody. Then he hooks up with one of the bridesmaids. And it's just know? the worst. You don't Which want I'm, that I'm drama. Here for. Yeah. No, but what <laughs> I really love and respect about the both of you is that every time I see you two make a decision, it's the decision you make together. Mm-hmm. And then you set boundaries to everybody else outside of it. You know, it's yeah. like truly teamwork. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, I think it's really easy as Asian Americans to feel beholden to right. what came before us and the expectations of our family members and holding guilt and shame for that. Mm-hmm. You know, even us saying like, I just want a really small wedding that we can have a reception. Right. You right, know? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it's just nice that both of you come together. Cause I see, I, appreciate I see how like the two of you could maybe mm-hmm. feel, Oh yeah. Like I, I'll do this like for other people but yeah. together yeah you're, you like i know that abe will like call out prisca and you'll call out abe and be like mm. no like this is what what we want to do let's not forget that yeah so that being said i have one last question okay. then i want to play a little game with okay. y'all to close out this amazing interview thank you for interviewing oh us. my god oh my this god is this is, so i feel fun. like i've been wanting to cry the whole I time <laughs> i was like I've been sweating the whole time <laughs> My feet are cold. I don't understand. But I was like, how are you too hot? I was like, my titties are cold and my feet are cold. But I feel held by your love. And it's kind of interesting because like I see the way that you two gaze at each other. Oh my god. You guys, if you could only see the way that these two lovebirds look at each other, I feel like I'm in their relationship. Like I feel I mean you're our third. I know. You and Kevin Fong. Just to be clear. I have one last question that I want to play a game before we close close this out but my last question to you two is and you can answer separately mm-hmm. what is the biggest lesson that you've learned through marriage that one i just I'll, I'll answer quickly because i think i thought about that recently is um what i've learned is how selfish i am uh i think you know observing priscilla and her you know exercising and distributing love and through her own disciplines I feel like when I can't, and I know she she doesn't pressure me to ever do this, uh, to meet her where she's at. Like, I feel selfish. Like, I need to yield and constantly face myself to really treat her like I would treat myself. That's what I've been learning, and it's really hard. Mm. It's really hard um, because we're trained, I think, especially in America, the individual is very important. No doubt we are. Like we have our own voice. But the commitment, right, the oath that I took to be Priscilla's husband, it, it just reflects like, man, I, and it's not about doing more or being better. It's confronting self uh, for our overall health and feeling selfish. I know I have to confront certain things about myself. Mm. Um, and yield are you all not in love with abe like how profound was that you just caught me out of day if it was maybe even <laughs> oh my tomorrow God. i'll be like a thug. <laughs> or you're just like hey check out this new note that i can fart on <laughs> exactly exactly it's like it's just, a b flat yeah, it's a high yeah. c <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. like that mid-range yeah watch it bend here it bends here it bends <laughs> oh that's that was really that was really sweet and profound. I mean, what do you think about hearing him say that, Prisca? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, me being the oldest sibling, there's a lot I can 
implicitly take on without noticing but I have noticed like just in maybe like even just this past year or like over the pandemic how much so I think we've really become partners like I I don't I don't I don't think anyone starts off being perfect partners you know but growing into being better partners for one another um has been a real gift and I think hearing you say that like I've definitely felt that change in you um and it's honestly like the most romantic thing I think he's like ever done recently was I came home from like a night out with friends and he had finished doing the laundry and set up our bed and like folded the flat sheets and the pillowcases and I was like this is the most romantic thing (laughs) I could ever I was literally like in tears he was asleep and I texted him like like I was just in tears I was just couldn't believe it that was like for me someone who's always like trying to think of the next task I need to do I'm always like trying to stack tasks together and like make sure everything gets tackled like for someone to do that means like they're truly aware of where my stressors are Mm -hmm. and what my folk like my focus is on you know well the story is I I smoked a little weed and It was sativa. I'm used to indica, so I, oh. I, was, I was getting ready on a Friday night. Priscilla's out with her friends. Anyway, anyway, okay, anyways, anyways, the lesson here is get him, get, get him high, get him more sativa, girl. Not just no indicas. Get him just sativas. Hey, I gotta say though, yeah. cleaning while high. Is oh my god, awesome! It's, it's, it's awesome. the business. No, I gotta sneak that into his like breakfast more often, you know. But I think for me, what I've learned like one of the biggest things is like I think even when it feels like you've run out of love like you can always dig a little deeper and find more like you know and it's not easy but I think then you find these you excavate these deeper realms of love that like I didn't know I was personally capable of or that I didn't know he was personally capable of and in that like then it allows him to be more himself and me to be more myself and we can hold each other in this different way. I'm not like necessarily talking about like loving just like toxic behavior, but like times are hard. And I notice the times that we tend to have the most friction are when we both have things going on in our lives. Like for example, if my career is really busy, his career is really busy. That's like when we tend to just not communicate enough or not have the energy to provide the support each other needs. And so I think that's what's so beautiful is like even in that moment when I'm exhausted and if he's like, hey, like I would just really love like I would really love like a pizza and beer night with you. Um, like I even though even though I'm exhausted, I'm like, OK, no, I can like dig deeper and like find I can find that energy to like support him in the way that he's asking. But now we know how to ask of it from each other. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. Well, um, before we go into this game, I just want to say thank you both for sharing all of that because I mean, I'm hearing the both of you speak so honestly about your marriage and that's really rare Mm. for me as a single person who's unmarried to be able to have this kind of honesty and vulnerability. Mm. And I know that a lot of goatees feel the same way as well. Mm. So thank you. We know that marriage is no cakewalk. So for all of you who are single out there wondering, when is my perfect person coming? Mm. You know that it's all effort and mm. love. It's 
testing and challenging you to be better, mm-hmm. to dig deeper for that love, as Prisca would say. Mm-hmm. So, um, and also it's like two of you have evolved so much in this relationship with each other. Like mm-hmm. Abe, you were saying how like she sort of mirrors like your triggers, like the selfishness, like you see it because you're in this relationship with her. If otherwise you wouldn't even acknowledge it. That's right. You mm-hmm. know, yeah, I don't think yeah, I wouldn't be even. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't even cross my mind. So, um, thank you both for sharing that. Okay, so we're just Thanks for the have... great interview, Roxy. Oh Wait a second, I'm not done yet. Okay. <laughs> okay, so I have this little game. Okay. So I want, um, so Prisca, you're going to go first, and then um, Abe, you're going to go second. Ooh, so what I want it. both of you to do is to give me a number one through four. Okay. Mm, two. Oh. Two, three. So what you're going to do is both of you are going to ask this question to each other and and look at each other's eyes and answer them. (laughs) Okay, I see. I see. Don't open it yet. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, how? Priska, you're Uh going to read yours and ask him. Okay. Is there a song that reminds you of me and why? Oh, boy. (laughs) This is the first day of my life. Bright Eyes, mm-hmm. yeah, that's the song that, uh, that during our proposal, and I felt that uh, when I knew it was you that I was going to marry, this is, it was uh, a complete refresh button on what I known, I loved to be at that point, um, it was just excluded. And I was start. It was like I was. It was the first day, and I was on that journey with you. Yeah. <laughs> it was our first date song too. Yeah. <laughs> okay, your turn. Number three. Uh, what is something new that you want to try together? Hmm. Ah, uh, yoga. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, come on. <laughs> um, um, I mean, yes, yoga, but I think traveling Southeast Asia, Asia together. Nice. Like, I think we've traveled like a bit, but not extensively if it's not for gigs. So, yeah, I think just, just going to Asia together, traveling and maybe like more of an extended time out yeah. there would be would be what I'd want to do. Yeah, that'd be yeah. fun. Go to Indonesia. Go, we'll go to Ooh. Indonesia. Bali is Bali. Really yeah. Okay. Yes. So we have numbers one and four left. Abe, you go first. And then Prisca, you get number four. I get number four. And Abe, you can ask first. All right. All right. Uh, if you can relive one day with me, what would it be? Aw. Oh, right. It's my question. I know. I don't know if it's like a solitary day, but I remember we used to mostly do dates on Sunday afternoons and you would finish like with church when you were still like worship leading and everything. And you would drive over to the West side and maybe we would drive to like Manhattan beach or Hermosa or somewhere with a pier. And we would walk down the pier and find some pub to like slink into and drink some Jameson shots with beer. And then we'd find some seafood restaurant and just chow down and 
I, I just remember every Sunday like that was just so fun. And we'd always, always, always meet people at the bar and just end up talking to them all afternoon and then never see them again. And those were like, it was just so fun. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah. yeah. And I think we were really cute together yeah. without knowing it. You still are. But like people would... I would go to the bathroom and people would stop by and be like, you guys are really adorable together. Like they would tell him or like they would buy us shots or like, wow. like we were just like power couple. We were just in it. You know, we, I, you know, we were just like, and now when we see couples like that, we're like, all right. <laughs> but like, I think once we were at the airport and what happened? Uh, I forget exactly what, but I think it had to do with your family. Uh huh. And somebody was sick. Oh, yeah. Uh, and we were traveling and you were crying and I was holding you. And someone, some random person at the airport came with like a Gatorade, a mm -hmm. bottle of Gatorade and a bottle of water. And she said, the way you guys are to one another is so beautiful. Thank you for that. And she just gave, <laughs> that was it. Yeah. And she just gave us those two uh, bottles and took off. Like, That's really sweet. Yeah. Wow. That's nice. Mm -hmm. If you're listening, remember the <laughs> two you. little Asian people that you saw at the airport? <laughs> thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. It's probably like you. in Houston that, or that something. That was really refreshing. That was really special. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, my turn. I ask question. This is it. Okay. Oh, what is the most loving thing I've done for you? Huh. Man. <laughs> I simply put to be with me. Oh. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, as a INFJ and your gram four, I'm not the most easy person to love. And I know that in my own studies of human design um yeah it's every day it's mm -hmm. every day that's mm -hmm. the most loving thing so thank you mm, you're not you. bad mm. <laughs> 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 <Roxy>. <laughs> i feel like this entire interview like like everyone can just hear me go <laughs> <laughs> and like really like <laughs> like into the microphone <laughs> all right everybody well um let's give it there's so many fictions that we inherit that weren't ours and a lot of them have to do with exactly what you're saying capitalism patriarchy heteronormativity cisnormativity white supremacy and i i do love to read but i don't like to read these particular fictions anymore hi goatees hope you're enjoying today's episode last season we had the honor of interviewing poet activist and educator genevieve ting if you haven't heard this episode yet, add it to your queue now. For the vast majority of my life, I was socialized as an Asian American woman. I still feel a great connection to like the femininity that lives inside of my body. And if womanhood was like this house that I was sort of like indoctrinated into, you know, for the longest time, like I knew the blueprint of the house. I knew that house well. I started to identify as non-binary and I was like, I don't want to be in this house. I want to be in my body. Genevieve has a knack for using language to slice through convention to create new, beautiful things. It's intoxicating. It was a privilege to sit down with them and learn more about the intricacies of their gender identity journey. I, I feel like I'm so much of me is dying as I'm rebirthing myself. 
there, there is the very easy narrative of like, I'm finally becoming the person I want to be and that's great, but there also has to be space for like the messy reality, which is like, I'm also dying yeah. <laughs> and I'm also like putting myself to rest all the time. And it's okay for me to like be mourning myself because it happens and transition also means change. We hope you take a listen. Head to twohornygoats.com slash episodes slash queerness to listen now or find the episode on Spotify and iTunes. Hi, Goatees. We love hanging out with you, and it's what we look forward to every single week. If you're liking what you're hearing, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. It will help us a lot so we can continue to hang out every single week and make content for you. Thank you so much, and remember, stay horny. Oh my God, Prisca, do you hear that? What is that? Oh my God, it's time for... Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> how y'all doing? Eee. Yeah, I Prisca, feel how do you feel? Very vulnerable. <laughs> vulnerable. Hey, are you hot? <laughs> oh man, I'm sweaty. <laughs> Help me. <laughs> so uh, we're doing us Elizabeth Bakes one each for this round. It's gonna, gonna be cute. It's gonna be cute. We're gonna start off with our um, acclaimed guest, Abe. Aww. Acclaimed, yes, absolutely. Yes, yes. Featured in the New Yorker. Woo! Just FYIs. <laughs> I was definitely that drunk wife running around in the bar in New York, like, my husband oh my is God. in yes. the New Yorker. We'll link it in yeah. our show notes below. Yes, uh, yes, the article. But yes, yes sorry. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I think my pick would be uh, the Hulu show, um, The Dropout. Hey! Hey! Amanda Seyfried is a fucking revelation. Jeez. Are you talking about me? Are you, uh, it, this is a really inspiring step forward. <laughs> this is truly an inspiring step forward. <laughs> we must all talk like this. No, <laughs> Abe. It's awesome. I don't know what you're talking I don't know about. How much lower I can go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna phase out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, okay. Why do you love the dropout? Why? Uh, I think. Well, her name is Amanda Seyfried. Yeah, Seyfried? yeah. She is uh, brilliant in yes. it. Uh, and then just the backstory, I think, uh, of it all, the human condition, you know, I think uh, the storytellers are, I think, displaying it accurately where you see someone progressively get what we call worse. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when we when we hear the news, obviously, it's like that's the end of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you, we hear the absolute worst of it. But, um, I mean, you actually feel for her, you know, and, and I think... It doesn't justify or excuse anything she has done, but um, how that so-called monster was created. Mm. And it wasn't just her alone. It's easy to pick on one person, but I think it takes a collective to destroy a lot of lives. Mm. And and the way they're telling the story, I think it needs to be heard, not just because of the story of Theranos, but uh, how in a very even a larger scale than that or mid-level or very low scale, mm-hmm. we are all capable of doing that. We need mm-hmm. to keep each other accountable. Mm. It's the Daenerys Targaryen story. Yes. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. Just run amok. <laughs> what about you, Prisca? Um, okay. Yes. The dropout. Fantastic. Great pick, Mr. Abraham Kim. Um, for me, uh, when we were in New York recently, we went to this restaurant called Che Lee, C-H-E-D, Dash L I. Uh-huh. Um, it's I think in the East Village, like right around there. 
And it is Shanghainese food, but done kind of more so with a modern bent. So it is, it's not like your fast fry walk corner shop, you know, Mm -hmm. it's definitely formal food, Mm -hmm. which is like so popular in Shanghai, but it's not really popular in the U.S. Like, Uh I think there's a few spots in the 626 that do it, Uh but this spot specialized in like, um, like, the like uh oh the hong sao nyo uh zhu rou the thing is that like so good like Shanghainese food I don't know if it's because I'm not used to it as yeah. well. like zui ji yeah for example the super zui ji like zui ji by the way goatees is like um drunken drunk chicken, chicken yeah and it's literally they put the chicken in like white wine right uh-huh, yeah and it becomes really strong yeah. Like, I cannot personally eat <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 it's my mom's favorite it's my mom's favorite too yeah it's crazy it's, do you have grandparents from Shanghai. No, no, but then it's just a cuisine that we would have, you know, sometimes yeah. like in Shanghainese restaurants. Yeah, it's yeah. something. But I'm just like, man, I my my palate cannot acclimate. To the some of the it. the that one's pretty pretty tough. But everything was so good, so good. Just the vegetables alone were so good. Like the snow peas, um, oh. or the pea shoots were so good. Mm. That's when you know, man. Yeah, mm. when I, the vegetables are done well. When the veggies, so simple but so good. Yeah, so tasty. and then yeah. the the pork belly was glistening yeah. a little bit chewy but then fall apart at the at the meat sections just gorgeous and then the 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 fish poached in like spices oh, oh, it was, so yeah, yeah. oh it's, my god i literally i would die for that dish yeah i would I, die i passed out like um um, um, um yeah. in english that's like what fish and chili oil what is that yeah i guess I fish think... and chili oil. it's like fish cooked in water is basically what it's called. i know but it's like it's so good yeah i think it's like swan thai um or but some it's sort mostly of mostly a spicy dish. Yeah, it's like yeah. it's a clear broth with these Sichuan spices with um bean sprouts and wood ear mushrooms so and perfect. this beautiful like white fish yes. that's feichangnen like yes. super fall apart tender. Yeah, 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 you not put dry it, at all. You like put that on top of your rice. Oh, the fragrant like, rice. Oh. Come literally on, come, on, come on dude i almost like i just couldn't stop thinking about this meal because it was just done so beautifully um and we didn't get the the drunk chicken but we got their, their just their chicken uh-huh. and i love how it's served like cold basically and it, yeah. the skin is just gelatinous so and yeah it's so chinese yeah. it's not like what you would think would be delicious but it was just oh it was beautiful and they ran out of duck but we saw duck at another table and the skin looked like just flaky and beautiful and luscious and i can't wait to get that the next time we next go time, next time for sure yeah and then um my grandmother was shanghainese so oh. i was talking to my i took photos and telling my mom and you know she was just like oh like eating like my mom cooking drunken chicken was my favorite meal ever you know and i didn't know that about my mom so it's amazing how these food memories whether they are involved in your heritage you know like these were things that i knew my grandma would talk about a lot the food that she missed from the homeland i don't think um is hard to make you should make it for your mom i should yeah we should try yeah i'll definitely look at it i won't eat it but yeah no that's fine (laughs) no that one's a hard one to get over really hard it's really hard to eat you really just taste the wine it's Uh, it's it's weird yeah it's like tastes super super yeah bitter but i would highly recommend if you are in new york to definitely make a reservation well i think you have to have six people or more to have a reservation but definitely go check out this restaurant i think it's beautiful food if you speak mandarin all the better to you because you know everyone there is definitely um like straight from china and they're great they're so nice and funny i love that strange and yeah it was just great yeah and they have a good um 
soju, uh, uh, a sake selection. Yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah. we definitely got some sake. That's amazing. It was fun. That's amazing. Chaley. Yeah, Chaley. Okay, we got to okay, go. Roxy, we gotta what, go. About what about you? Um, what about you? What about me? I literally haven't been doing anything. But That's not I, true. <laughs> I will say that um, my friend um, Bree and I bumped into this amazing plant store. Yes. In Eagle Rock called a Juicy Leaf. Yes. And, and they, they specialize in terraniums. Oh, my God. So um, I think the person, the owner there, Felix, is super, super, super <gasps> nice. And then they have a collection of, like, you know, um, handmade pottery from different from vendors yes. they have a bunch of crystals because we all like a good crystal yes. right and they also have their plants and they also have you make your own terraniums right so they have like oh, rocks wow. and like you, know, you could go and make it yourself and that's i think that's so, so much cool. fun we should go we should um, go it's gonna be so much fun okay, anyways this go place now. is in eagle rock we're gonna go right now um big shout out to felix as i know Woo. what's up felix what's up felix i love plants um that you being do? Said, <laughs> <laughs> big surprise what? um but uh again thank you abe and prisca thank for your amazing like openness in this interview today i know the goatees are super 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 thankful so on that note have a horny week our lovely goatees and remember stay
podcast is hosted by Roxy and Priska. Music by Abraham Kim. Incidental music provided by Dan, a.k.a. Dan. Artwork by Connie N. Please visit us at twohornygoats.com. Have thoughts or questions for us? Email us at hello at twohornygoats.com. Okay, bye! Woo! Yeah! Rough! Rough! Great job, you two!